You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. He paraphrases the Rambam. Let's take a look. All right. So basically, this is from the Rambam's language. What we see is that there was, first, what the Yavonim did was Xeros. And those Xeros really, although they might have been particular things, they weren't just particular things. It was part of a concentrated effort to pretty much eliminate religious life. And really, they weren't able to study Torah. Now, why couldn't they study Torah? Was there a against learning Torah? Some people speculate yes. One, but I would say what the Rambam means is, is that when the government was so insistent on things being done in a certain way and demanding, that didn't give you a time to study Torah. What's important, and especially this is the Rambam's view, is that one of the things that makes the Emos HaMashiach so important is that it's going to give us time. He doesn't. It's not so much miracles that will occur. It's that things are settled and we have time to, to sit and concentrate and, 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 and learn Torah the way we should. Part of what the Yavonim did was create a sense of panic that didn't allow them to learn Torah at all. Now, it went further than that. Now, this sounds like there was taxation that was unfair. This, of course, we understand what that means. Uh, we talked about this, the fact that there were xeris against Jewish women, married women. Again, we talked about why going into the Heichal was, was important. Really, that was the place that had the Kodesh and the Kodesh Akdoshim. That's again, psychologically, the Rambam is saying that it was Tzor Lehem. Tzor Lehem Ma'od. So we have the Gzeira. We can't learn. And there's also the fact that I, I just, like I said, it seems like I, there's nowhere to turn. Now, there's tsar and lachatz. Tsar means narrow. And lachatz means you, you, you're constantly pushed from place to place where you can't really, uh, you feel there's one crisis to another. So God saved them. So there was, how did God perform the Yeshua? Through the incredible turnaround of the B'nei Chashmanoi. It started, they were losing, but they were able to overcome. The Raman thinks it's important for us to know that they were the children of Kohanim Gedolim. 
it's also clear the Rambam feels that you need to know that sometimes the only way to deal with an enemy is to eliminate the enemy, is to kill them. And that's what occurred here as well. And therefore, Hoshiyem Yisrael Miyodam. They saved the Jewish people from the hands of those evil kings. Now, this is something that's unique to the Rambam. The Rambam feels that it's important to know that we had a form of kingship. And the Rambam seems to say it's not a negative form of kingship. We're going to be exposed in a couple of weeks uh, to the famous Ramban in Parshas Vayechi, where the Ramban speaks about how wrong it was to create a government out of the uh, that was run by Kohanim. On the Pasuk, Yosser Shevet Yehuda, the Ramban says, that's a law in the Torah that anyone except Yehuda should be a king. Now you're going to ask me about Shoal, who is not from Yehuda, is a good question. But Shoal was maybe just a caretaker king. And once Yehuda was chosen, once David HaMelech was discovered, and we knew what the Navi meant, what Yaakov Avinu meant, at that point, every Melech has to come from Yehuda. And we know that they called themselves Melochim, the Chashmanoyim. And the Ramban says that was all part of the corruption and the wrong state that, that, that it devolved into. Hanukkah devolves. The Rambam does not say there was a devolvement. There might have been one. But part of what we need to celebrate Hanukkah is that bad, decent, but it's still ours. We still had Malchus. What was it before Hanukkah? Before Hanukkah, we were kowtowing to other powers. The fact that we have our own country, the fact that we are self-determination is part of why we celebrate Hanukkah. That's what you see here from this Rambam. Otherwise, why is the Rambam, you know, giving us this background? of Chazra Malchus Yisrael. And it was almost 200 years, Ad Achor And we know that there was a lot of bad kings up until that point. Like at the end, Fordis, one of the worst. Better than a goy. And many people should realize this, again, when we talk about criticizing the state of Israel and talking about how terrible the government is there, and how anti-religion it is, how many abortions are um, sanctioned and, 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 and allowed. We have to be mis- we have to be mis- every day that we, whether you like those Jews or not, it's a country that Yisrael, Jewish people are are at the helm of. And that's something which this Rambam makes clearer is part of why we celebrate Hanukkah. So, Ukeshagavra Yisrael Oyeveyam ve'ibdum v'chafei b'kislev This is, I mentioned this in one of our afternoon classes, that the Rambam says that the 
victory happened on this day in history. This was the day in history that the victory happened. Um, if you go on, we, we've, we've learned about this and why, what does it mean, the chosen of the Kohen Gadol? I'm not going to repeat uh, things that we've already discussed, uh, but we did talk about the importance of where do we ever see the Kohen Gadol has a seal? Um, this term in the Rambam is a little bit strange. Rambam says that, um, yes, there was only enough for one night, and a miracle happened, and they were able to get from the Pach Hashemen. What does the Rambam mean, Nero Samarocha? Nero Samarocha, the Marocha was on the Mizbeach. Now, it's true, the menorah is also called Vaorachoso Aron, but normally throughout Mishnayas and the Gemara, when it speaks about Marocha, Marocha is talking about the fire on the Mizbeach, not the fire of the menorah. Um, so what it seems like, I don't know if this is true, but it seems like they maybe took fire from the menorah and went back to the Marocha, which is strange. Anyway, Nero Samarocha is an interesting term. You know, I don't know why the Rambam uses it. It's confusing. Anyway, this, of course, is well known. Once again, the Rambam is saying clearly that these are Yemei Simcha. If it's Yemei Simcha, that means what? Party? Music? What does Yemei Simcha mean? Um, so the standard explanation here is that it means that there's a there's a chiyuv to eat a meal and to have bread. Um, And that was part of the Takana, was a Takana of Simcha, like there is on Purim. Hawel, we mentioned, of course, this, and we talked about this in the last couple of days. As you see here from the Rambam, that he doesn't talk about lighting inside, it's about lighting on the outside. Once again, one could ask the question, what do these two terms mean? Laharos, ulagalos. To show and to reveal. What's really the difference? Is the lagalos to tell people about it? In other words, show and tell? Is that what it is? Like, laharos is to actually make it apparent, but also give people information? Or is it just basically what happens? Uh, you're not you're embarrassed about it. You're Megala the Nase. Again, why the Rambam uses two two terms is not clear to me. Another thing which is a little bit unclear, Vuhu mitzvah 
midivrei sofrim kikriyas hamigil. What does the Rambam gain by connecting Hanukkah and Megillah? There's a lot of rabbinical mitzvahs. What's the connection between Megillah and Hanukkah? They're both Midrabana. Well, we know reading the Megillah is very, very important. Is that what he's saying? That lighting the Hanukkah is just as important? Even though Megillah is mentioned in one of the books of, of, of the 24 books, um, it, it seems like it has the same significance as Megillah reading, which is the Antri Knesset Hagadola, all the great, the, in other words, that's something which is almost on one of the highest level of rabbinical mitzvahs that we have is the reading of the Megillah. So we're saying that lighting the Nerachanaka has that same power, maybe stronger than maybe other types of rabbinical commands. We talked yesterday, for example, in our Gemara learning about selling non-kosher. Is it rabbinical? If it's rabbinical, it's important to keep it. But maybe it's not the same as one of the very primary laws. Like, like the, in other words, even among the rabbinical laws, there's, there's laws that are more important than others. They stand a little bit higher than others. And maybe that's what the Rambam is saying, that it's just as important as the, one of the most important laws of them all, which is reading the Megillah. Now, you would have thought Hanukkah, if you didn't have this Rambam, you would have thought that Hanukkah means Chinuch, right? The Hanukkah Samizbeach of starting over again. The Rambam says it means Rotzolomar, Chanu Chofei. Somehow it's important to remember the calendar day of the 25th. And part of it is to understand the battle was over. Chanu. Chanu Moyevehem. So one of the things, you can't not mention the battle. As much as we're talking about the miracle of the Pach Hashemet, the Rambam refuses to let, in fact the whole name is, it was it was a respite and a consideration of what the battle we had been through. And this really underscores what we were saying yesterday or a couple of days ago, that you should study about the war. You shouldn't just say, you know, we were talking about studying the Megillus Antiochus, talking about Megillus Hashmanoyim, whatever you read. The name is about Chonu. So it's not just we're having a good time at Club Med. It's like, Wow, remember where they were? Remember how we almost lost? Remember how we killed that guy? So that's part of what it was about. It was a sense of relief from war and how God had saved us and how the enemy had been put down. That's what every day of Hanukkah is. Hanukkah. Okay, now the Mishnabura adds the minig of the Aniyam, and this is not from the Rambam, the minig of the Aniyam to, to come to people's homes, and we talked about how that eventually became the mitzvah of Hanukkah Gelt. The Chassam Sofer writes that the idea of recognizing that a miracle has occurred, 
Now, the miracle of that we have to recognize is not the Pachashemen, it would seem. The miracle would be the miracle of of being saved after our religion was in danger. Now, the Rambam doesn't say the war, we were saved from a war. That's not what the Rambam says. The Rambam says that they controlled us to the point that our religion was 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 in in, in danger of being eliminated and discarded or, or being or fr- in a sense of frustration. So the 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 uh, the miracle, so to speak, was that we could kill them. They lost after we rebelled because we wanted to restore keeping mitzvos. That's something you need to say halal about. And when you realize that, that's midaraisa. So, yom purim bimechanaka daraisaheim. You need to do something. So, what did they need to do? Reaction to a miracle that some Sofer says is a mitzvah from the Torah. If you don't, then you are over an assay. You can't just let miracles go by. Some people will tell you that's why Yom Yerushalayim, you say Hallel. Because Yom Yerushalayim, those events were miraculous. Everything that happened before in the first couple of days, so there's a mitzvah in Torah to recognize that. Now, what do you, how do you recognize it? It Maybe you want to send presents to people. Maybe you want to light candles. That the rabbis will figure out what's the best way to, to emphasize that. But if a person doesn't do anything, then you're over mitzvahs say from the Torah. That's one thing some sofer says. The other thing he says is that we know there's a mitzvah to speak about the redemption of Egypt and Mitzrayim on Pesach. And the Gemara makes a call of a chomer. The Gemara says, Madach, if all we were were saved from, from servitude, for sure, the fact that our lives were saved. Once they decided to rebel, clearly there was the threat that the Syrians would eliminate us because once they saw the Jews were pesky and they didn't want to be part of the system, a good percentage of the Jews who wanted to follow Torah would have been slaughtered. So that is mimavis l'chayim. So therefore, if you need to say halel on Pesach or to speak about Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, for sure saying halel would be from the Torah. So halel, doing something is Minatorah. Halel might be Minatorah also. When we light the Neros, this is the Rabbanan's way of fulfilling the idea from the Torah of doing something special. So in a way, we're actually fulfilling, according to this way of looking at it, 
we're fulfilling a mitzvah in the Torah, possibly, by lighting Neros, and understanding why we're lighting, of course, is the fulfillment of a mitzvah from the Torah. Um, one of the things that the Hasidic Shosforim write is the fact that there's still time to do tshuva now. Now, many of you are familiar with the idea of the kvittel, right? The gutik, the kvittel, the piskatova, people say, right? People say piskatova when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, uh, Hoshana Rabba. So part of that is the fact that we have a tradition that it's still not a gemar din until Hoshana Rabba. Tachsidim take that and say that you could still somehow get it back until Hanukkah. Somehow, I don't know where it is, it's still in the tube or something like that, but somehow Hanukkah is still a possibility. You can still, in a way, fulfill some sort of tshuva till Hanukkah. Well, the Rav, Rav, uh, Rabinovich, who wrote the Sefer Piskei Tshuva, says just like we saw from Rav Aliyu, if this is a time of tshuva, and of course, we should emphasize Torah and tzedakah, um, because it is a time of tshuva as well, if they are correct, and you want to be on your best during this period. It's a time that... Um, I gave a sheer about this earlier today, um, and that is, of course, the minag of everybody lighting in the house. Um, why are you able to make a bracha when uh, there's another? When, in other words, let's say, like in my house, my daughter lit and I lit. So, the truth is, is that you know there was already a light done in the house. Why could I make a brocha on, on my menorah? Or if, if I lit first, why can she make a brocha? So the svara that we find in the Mishnah that's quoted here is that the people in the house don't want there to be just one Hanukkiah. They want it to be Mahadra, the way the Ashkenazim understand it. And if that's true, that means when the first person lights, they're thinking, I don't want this to work for me, even though I'm part of this house. So they're disconnecting themselves from the chiyuv. Kivin shirotzen b'nei abayus liyos min ha-mahadrin. Imkein kavanosam shalolotzeis badzlokos balabayus. So even if, let's say, I would have lit first, and I would have had my uh, daughter in mind, She's planning on lighting, so she's mentally putting up a shield and saying, I don't want to be Yotze. And that's the reason why she can make a bracha. Otherwise, you'd say, hey, you already were Yotze. What, you want to have another one? Um, the question is raised about teenage girls or older girls. And from some svarim, it seems, we talked about this the other day, um, it would seem that the minig was only the men lit 
again, I think it's good that the minhagim have changed in this in this way, and despite the fact that the sources indicate that the girls and the teenage girls were generally not lighting, I am happy with the fact that things have changed, and there's no reason why uh, for anyone to put their foot down and try to stop that from happening. Um, One of the things that uh, is not so clear is if you live in a large uh, high-riser, a high-rise apartment building, where you should light. Where should a person light who lives in a high-rise apartment building? Um, so the Mishnah Brewer says that putting it in the window, most people cannot see it. Now, we talked about last, a couple weeks ago, with maybe the people in the other apartment building across the way can see it. The people on the ground definitely cannot see it properly. But can people across the way see it? So, the Mishnabur is assuming there aren't any people in another apartment building across from you. So therefore, he says, if you live in an apartment building, you should put it by your door. Um... However, as I said, if there's people in other apartment buildings, they can see it. So therefore, it might be better to put it in uh, in the window as far as that goes. Um, some disagree with that and say that the whole idea of people seeing it is people in the street, not people in another house. If they're in their house and looking in and seeing you because you don't have any um, curtains, that's not what Pursume Nisa was. The Pursume Nisa was for the people traveling or on their way home. So therefore, um, according to two of the three opinions, if you're in a high rise, there isn't any significance of putting it in your window. Um and maybe it should be closer to the door, like the Gemara says. And we talked, of course, about the importance of lighting when the family was there. And um, we know that sometimes the family doesn't arrive at sunset. But in Eretz Yisrael, where you're lighting for the people outside, most people try to fulfill that idea of lighting at Shkia. And there are many people who light even here as close to Shkia as possible. Again, the Ramah seems to say we don't care anymore once we're lighting inside. But there are people who disagree with the Ramah and feel that if you can, you should light as close to at least whatever what Shkia means. So what does it mean when the Gemara says Shkia? So some say Shkia means Sof Shkia. Now, what does Sof Shkia mean? Um, uh, that's when the sun is completely under the horizon. That's Shkia. That's really about 15 minutes earlier. Now, therefore, 
the people who in shul, daven mariv after tzeisa kolchavim, they should actually go home and light their Hanukkah lights. If again, assuming that even though we're lighting on the inside, many achronim including Mr. Burr, the Vilnagona, they feel that you should light at the proper time. So therefore, if you're davening Mariv by Tzais, you should go home and, and, and light the menorah by Shkia. And that was the Vilnagon's minah. Now, let's say you weren't able to get home. And now you're already in shul. And it's already So even though you missed, you should be lighting as soon as possible, now there's another mitzvah involved. And that mitzvah, of course, is to say Kriyashma with Mariv. So that is Tadir. That comes more constant. Kriyashma is also constant. And therefore, you would light later in that case. Um, so the Mishnah Brewer is saying that there are many in the Lithuanian and, and German world who light at sunset. Many do not. But even in the ones who don't, who wait until it's Mariv and it's close to Tzais, they should at least get their menorah ready beforehand. It shouldn't be that when they come home, they've got to pour the oil. Do something in the afternoon. You don't necessarily light. You'll go out to shul. But before you go to shul, you should have the oil ready to light. Because if you don't, then what would happen is by the time you get home, it's going to be too late. Uh, It's going to be uh, later than a half hour. Uh, from Tzaisakolchavim. So now I, I will say, Richard, you'll appreciate this because you helped me today with um, with getting me the the uh, lights. That those don't take a half hour to set up, but if you don't have those uh, perf- those you know pre done lights with the oil in it, if like we used to do, which is pour the oil and then put the wick in and then make it the right size. That could take, especially if it's one of the later nights of Hanukkah, it definitely could take you a while to set everything up. So maybe if you're using one of these other types of things, which which set up very easy, you don't have to worry that much to have everything set up before. Still, it definitely shows a love of the mitzvah to be able to do that, to be able to set up things uh, beforehand. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.